the project. The project. Kuwait. Kuwait. Learn. Learn. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to this episode of Psyched with Dr. D. Today was marriage counseling day. <laughs> it was. We found out all about your intimacy and where you are and where you're not. And it was it was really great to see the dynamic that goes between the two of you, huh? It was a very enlightening episode. And I think the best part was the listener Q&A that we got to at the That's end. That's very true, actually. And I like it. I think people will benefit from those questions because... There's probably a lot of our listeners have the same question. Self-love. I think it's really important. Self-love. And communication. It's lubrication. (laughs) (laughs) I stole that from another show, just so everybody knows. I did not come up with that on my own. (laughs) But enjoy the episode, guys. And shoot us a DM if you have any questions for Dr. D. And don't forget to leave us a rating or review on iTunes. All this and more in today's episode. I just pressed record. (laughs) I have to get this on. So Dr. D is trying to maintain the bun on her head. It's called a top knot. A top knot. Trying to maintain the top knot. So you don't want to put the... Of course, I don't want to ruin it. No one's going to be able to hear your voice. I'm going home after this. (laughs) Can you hear me? Yes. I don't know. (laughs) Listeners, can you hear Dr. Dinka? (laughs) So, welcome to the show. Psyched with Dr. D today is analyzing intimacy with Mehdi and Haya. Oh, no. That's right. Oh, no. I'm on a a path. You know know Haya is a fan favorite, right? It's a what? She's a fan favorite. Yeah? Yeah, her episodes do 20% more. They do a lot more. Not after they find out about her intimacy level. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to walk out of this room crying, aren't I? Dude, I'm... Hey, look, you both are getting free therapy, so please. (laughs) Is it good therapy, though? (laughs) We'll see after this episode. I'm glad there's chocolate in the room. (laughs) What are we talking about? Intimacy. Intimacy? Yes. All right. Shall we t- tackle the first question? All right. <laughs> Dr. D, you've broken two of my car- you've broken two of my cardinal rules. One is trying to maintain the hairdo while fixing the mic, and two is eating into the microphone. <laughs> Do you know how many times people have eaten gum into the microphone? And I'm like, dude, come on. <laughs> it's all right. No, I know what um, your your pet okay. peeve is. What? No, don't do the Darth Vader. No, he hates this whenever I say, whenever we have somebody being interviewed, then I say, "Uh Mm -hmm." (laughs) uh-huh. And then he's like, he sends me a message. Can you stop saying "Uh (laughs) uh-huh? All right, Dr. D. What does intimacy look like in a relationship and what are the different forms it can take on? (laughs) Whoa. It's a loaded question. Right? It is a loaded question. What does intimacy look like? Wait, Maddie, you were saying yesterday you don't know what intimacy looks like. So what do you think of before Dr. D delves into anything? Dude, I'm traumatized. My, I never got intimacy from my parents. Never a hug or a kiss or like, I love you. That's, so for you, is that that's what intimacy? I think intimacy? So what is, is intimacy? Intimacy, I think it's like sharing a bond between two people where it's like, I love you and a pat on the back and, you know. Like an intimate situation or an intimate time that you could share with someone, whether it be your spouse or your parents or your children or whatever. Okay. You know, it doesn't have to be sexual. You know, people think automatically intimacy Mm. is sexual. 
That's right? true. It I mean, as soon as you say intimacy, the first thing people want to talk about is it's sex. Yeah. And you Number know, they, one Googled word the, in the Middle East. <laughs> <laughs> it is. So you would think that every time someone says intimacy, mm-hmm. sex or at least some images of sex come on your in mind. But yeah. people really don't understand that there are so many forms of intimacy and, and of course they uh, you know, there's a lot of literature that talks about different types. So I'm just gonna mention a few of them. But before we move on, what about you? What is intimacy? You're trying to get out of that. I saw intimacy as yes, physical, so the hugs and all of that, but also emotional. Mm. Uh, in terms of being able to emotionally connect with your partner or a parent or... And to me, that looks like fostering a safe space Mm. to talk about emotions. That's right. Look at Maddie's face. The only intimacy I see from her is, hey, can you spot me? (laughs) (laughs) Not anymore. Well, I'm going... (laughs) Yeah, did you see that? She yelled at me. You're not supposed to touch the bar. I'm not a bodybuilder. But I have been doing this Even that type of intimacy you failed at. I know. (laughs) That's called experiential. I just want to tell you, that is an intimacy that's called experiential when you guys do activities together. You know, you you do something together, but without words, you don't have to talk. And you can't even do that. <laughs> that, that ship is sailed. That ship is sailed. You know, she wouldn't let me be her coach. She had no coach for the for the last for the battle of the East, okay, the last I, competition. I had an she had. Awesome and I was like, look, I can help you out. I'll be your handler, I'll put the weights on. It's basically me being her slave for the two hours and doing everything she needs. And wow. she said no. She there's said a no. reason for that. She said, I want no, you to No, there the is a reason for that. She doesn't trust me. Well, there's a reason for that. How many times have I failed lifts because you put too much on the bar? Huh. I just so there is pounds. no trust there. So there is no trust. You no, don't even he know hides how much weights. Can... When I ask him to add tens, he adds fifteens and hides it in the middle. Oh my god. She's strong. There's That's no why there's trust. no intimacy in this relationship. <laughs> no. There's yeah. So even the experiential you failed at. Okay. There's the physical you how does she do you guys hold hands? Yes, we have been lately. Yeah, you, initiated like by me, the no, guy. No, no. Right. Battle of the East as we were walking out and I killed her. <laughs> you sure you just didn't want my wallet? <laughs> I got money this month. <laughs> That's true. That is true. No, we hold hands. No, no, we definitely hold hands. Like when we were at the playground the other day, we yeah. held hands when we were walking. We've been hugging more and all of that. I, I hug her a lot more. I uh, hug you too. <laughs> so how, so are you trying whoa, to say whoa, that? Whoa, whoa. I did when yesterday. Yesterday. Me... Yesterday. When? You gave him was... a hug yesterday? Yeah. Wow, you should put that in the game. I know, right? <laughs> I need to write this stuff down. Look at her. Like she's talking like I've done you a favor. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> so even physical, you fail at it. Wait, I failed. <laughs> no, no, she failed. She failed. She failed. Right, thank you. Thank so you. So you, but you failed at the experiential one. Okay. She fails at the physical. Apparently, one. we're tallying right now. <laughs> <laughs> so hey, hey, what is the problem with reaching out your hand and giving him a hug or holding? I have hands? sweaty palms. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I think when life gets busy. Whether uh-huh. it comes with work, with family, with stress, with so many things. We've known each other for 13 years now. <laughs> it's, no, but no it's easy to, to take someone for granted. Yeah, they're just true. They're always there. She even got that number wrong. 14 years. No, 13. <laughs> 14. 2011. Uh-uh, uh, it was 2010. 
No, it's 2011. You no, missed you our anniversary. No, you missed our anniversary. <laughs> no, you missed <laughs> our anniversary. When was our anniversary? When was the anniversary? You yesterday. missed it too. Well, did listen, you, my birthday's you, in like four days. <laughs> you can't say anything. That's true. So you can do it all at one time. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Is that what you're doing? So saving money, you can... So let's see, what type of intimacy is that? <laughs> 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 so, uh, but we had a really good conversation the other day. Remember? Oh, yeah, that's no, right. No, we had a good conversation the other day. About? Just airing everything out. So we were like, okay, free space. You tell me, like, everything that's bothering you. I'll tell you everything that's bothering but we, me. We, we, that's we, really good. That's but we called... flipped it, though. We flipped it. Yeah. It wasn't you tell me everything that's bothering you. It's oh, no. It's... You tell me what you know is bothering the other person. Like, I admit that I... A, B, and C. Like she said, I don't listen to you. And I said, that's true. She doesn't listen to you? No. Huh? But I hey, admitted why you don't it. listen to, oh, by admitting it, it was okay? No, I mean. That's one process. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing good. One barrier, one barrier to intimacy is communication. <laughs> so you're doing good. So you decided let's communicate because there is a barrier to yes. intimacy. Yes. Okay. And we, we, kind, we talked it all out. And I think that after that conversation, things have been moving in yeah. a good direction. Look, in general, relationships have hills and valleys. Mm. Uh-huh. And it's the strength of the two individuals that makes it through one of the, the valleys and back up on top. And, you know, if communication as... Sex with Emily would say communication is lubrication. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Which she has a great show, by the way. She's <laughs> funny. And it's just like, it's legit. You got to talk it out. Yeah. If you don't talk it out and you let it bottle up inside, that's when we blow up at each other. Right. And it spills over into every facet of life, which mm. sucks. And and it's true. I mean, it's good that you guys like, you know, have these like time where you can come and you're realizing that something is not going right. And then yeah. there are. You know, if you've suppressed your emotions toward each other and then say, look, let's just talk about it. Yeah. Do you know, it's like a lot of couples don't really do that. And mm. what happened is that they'll suppress their feelings toward each other. They'll end up being frustrated, resentful. And then, you know, and, and my experience here or maybe, you know, even in the U.S., but here I've noticed like whenever you people like don't like to confront. So they're like, you know, you'll get a lot of when I do couple therapy and whenever I'm seeing the person individually at first and they're like, well, I don't want to hurt her feelings or, you know, I don't want to say this thing because so they'd rather not hurt each other's feelings mm. and not communicate properly and honestly and then not reach the level of intimacy that they want. And all in the name that I really don't want to hurt her. I don't want to say something that will bother her. But then ultimately, so it's good that you guys have yeah. that. You're OK there. But let's continue with the level of intimacy. As he's so, on his phone. I was Googling. How, so. how, <laughs> how is that? Yeah, exactly. How is that intimate? What? You're disconnecting. You would play disconnecting. Ooh, big word. <laughs> That's why I don't like being on the show with her. <laughs> she calls me out. You're and she know, she's the only one that can pick out when I'm not listening to somebody. Oh, 100%. Too. Yeah, 100%. Like, I could be staring right at you and you think I'm engaged in the conversation. No, but your eyes could tell that you're not engaged. No, not everyone could tell. She's I the only tell. one tell. Uh, it's, it's fairly obvious. Really? <laughs> yeah, like you have this blank stare on your face. You're like, yeah, cool. Okay, like, like you have these words that you always use. <laughs> that have nothing to do with what we're talking about. Nope. Why are you avoiding the discussion of intimacy? Yes, Nahdi. I think you are avoiding <laughs> this topic. Well, no, I mean, when you... Look, I grew up in a household oh. where intimacy was, it really wasn't there for my parents. Mm. 
you know, it goes back to like, my brother was very intimate. He was very like, he'll pat me on the back, say, I love you. You know, mm-hmm. that was, we had a bond. Uh-huh. But with my parents, I mean, even till this day, I only remember my dad saying, I love you once to me. And mm-hmm. my mother, I don't know, that kind of stopped when I was like <laughs> eight years old or like seven years old. So it's, yeah, I think, I think a lot of it is background too and how susceptible you are and how you brand intimacy. Some people see intimacy as spending money on the other. Yeah. yeah. You know, like there are people that think, oh, if I buy you things and I pay for things, that's me showing you I love you and, you know, whatever. Like that's my parents. Or I think that says that they didn't really understand intimacy because intimacy, none of the types of intimacy has anything to do with Maybe because a lot of people do not know how to be intimate mm-hmm. That's and true. therefore they utilize like material things to buy or to give something to. And, and you know, you, you notice that parents do that. Parents are not intimate with each other and that they're not intimate with their kids. They know that they're not. They don't know how to do it because they're awkward. Like there are people like yourself who are, grew up in families or myself also. Like I didn't grow up in family where... You know, they hug and kiss and say, I love you. And that's probably why I say it a lot to my kids. Mm. I want my kids to get used to it because I think what happens, you grow up in a family where it was awkward if anyone hugged each other or anyone kissed. And so if that's the way it is, then it would be awkward for me to give it also. And in order for me to be intimate with my children is I have to become comfortable with it myself. So individuals like you will get married, won't be as intimate with their partner because... They're not used to it. They're not used you to expressing. You had a really hard time with it in the beginning, though. Yeah. 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 A very hard time. Just in terms of opening up all these different facets. It eventually happened. You used the word I used. What? Facet. Oh, I, I did that's not my, realize that's my that word. Was word. <laughs> I've, been using it, I've been using it on the show I'm for sorry. like two weeks I'm now. Sorry. I'd be like, you want so like a clap or something? Facet is my word. I'm just saying. But it's nice that when you see DJ, he's so emotional and intimate and if he loves you he will hug you he will say i love you and he's so open to everything from expressing his happiness to his anger to his love to to touching to wanting to be close to somebody Mm. so it's nice to see that you went from a household with none of that to now fostering a healthier environment that's Mm. because my parents suck and i want to do a better job (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but then if you had a difficult time with it, maybe it's easier for us to be intimate with what our kids. What about you? Kids. How, how are your parents, Dr. D? Were yeah, they, so they were, were they not intimate, intimate no. at all, no. How does that make you My, feel? So it made me... <laughs> <laughs> ah. Tables have turned. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I wasn't... I'm not used to giving hugs and kisses and, you know, I, I didn't grow up like that. And I think a lot of times, a lot of... People my generation probably didn't grow up like that. So what if someone's, say someone's listening right now and they're like, oh man, my parents, you know, don't show me love. They don't love me. Or what can someone do Mm. or what conversation can they have with their mother or father to say, hey, I need this from you. Like with my coach, I told him, I was like, I've gotten two pats on the back from you. And he was like, oh no, that's not true. Maybe it's not true, but I only remember two of them. Mm. So there's that. And it's not like a lack. I think it's good because when he does do it, I remember it. Right. But with parents, it should be a little bit more. So what could someone say to their parents in order to break that barrier? I mean, you grew up in a household where you didn't get 
the I love you's from your parents, right, Haya? See, all three of us didn't get it, but yes. we're intimate. Why? But I mean, right we're intimate now, with our kids. Yes. I'm not sure if I was a really an intimate wife. Mm. I'm sure if you speak to my ex-husband, he's probably going to say no. Okay. I don't know. I think there's a difference because, like, I didn't get it from my parents, so I'm giving it to my kids. Mm. But was I really an intimate partner? I'm not sure I was. Because I think that's a different facet, different level. (laughs) (laughs) But my intimacy with my mom, at least, has increased greatly. That's true. Now that you're a mom? Because we communicate now. Okay. Or is it because you're a mom? And I think it happened after I got married in terms of our dynamic started to shift. And we talked more. Okay. And she sees me as a friend Okay. A lot more. Dr. D says you shouldn't be friends with your parents. But I think later on in life. No, but she's not there. Now she's an adult. She's married. I'm talking about, I'm talking about, I can't. DJ DJ can't be my best friend. (laughs) You you need to get a life. (laughs) 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 If DJ is the only friend you have, look, I'll offer you free session. Five of them for free. (laughs) So that way you don't bombard DJ with the emotional you know, neediness. Oh. He's not responsible to fulfill you as a friend. Mm. Please. He did tell me to go away. <laughs> he's like, Daddy, just stop and go away. Well, I just want to hang out with Pretty soon he's going to be coming to Auntie Juliet's <laughs> office. <laughs> I mean, you are, that's a big responsibility for my kids to be my friends. I'm sorry. I've told you this before and I've taught you that in class when you were my student. I said... There is a line, so but we don't want to get distracted because we're going to get to her <laughs> yeah. friendship. But now being friends, like if my kids, once they get old, now if you want to be friends with your mom or your dad, if you want, it, but I don't think there's any hope for your mom. For that. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope she doesn't listen to this. <laughs> no, she's a great woman, but I don't know if she's capable of being. Does anyone have friend. a shovel? Does anyone have a shovel? They can give Doctor D. Oh, no. oh, there, there's my third pet peeve. <laughs> Phones ringing in the middle of a podcast. Wait, but is that like a client? It's my son. Oh, okay. Would you right. like me to answer it while? No, I'm no. Right. If it was a client, I'd say okay, because that's that's important. Like clients. That would be scary for me if I was That's a psychologist. That's the only time it's... Um, you, my kid is important too. This intimacy, part <laughs> of intimacy. So now that you are all grown up yes. and married, yes. your relationship with your mamas, but still it's not, you know, it's, let's see, what level of intimacy would it be? <laughs> would it be physical? Is it intellectual? Is it experiential? Emotional? Spiritual? I would say emotional. Okay. Definitely. Like we had a fight the other day. And usually when we have a fight in my family, we just don't talk about it for a couple of months and then act as if nothing even happened. Okay. But this was the first time we had a fight and then we talked about it. We worked it out. We talked about how things were miscommunicated. We hugged. We were good to go. And it was so different than how we used to have Mm -hmm. arguments. And Mm -hmm. it was nice. I was telling you. Are you are you still Googling? I was gonna, I don't know what you're doing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Got caught again. I was gonna this inst- is a- I was gonna Instagram you guys talking. Oh, that's cute. So, okay, yeah, I was fine. Gonna, I was going to like Instagram it. Oh, okay. But it seems like Kaya is very, very sensitive about you not paying attention to her. <sighs> she so, is. She is very he has sensitive. Been on this phone a lot. What? Yeah. No. What? My phone 
my phone, my phone usage has been down 45% this week. Thank you 45% of what? Well, 45% of 100%. So you do feel like you're neglected by him? Sometimes. Yeah, okay. Hey, Dr. So. D, this isn't helping right now. So you're on your phone most of the time. Like, I didn't even realize you're on your phone. She picks up very quickly. It means that this is a very sensitive topic for her. It is. And you shouldn't be touching your phone if you know your wife. (laughs) I can't find my phone. Look, it's the the weekend. I (laughs) said. Yeah, but come on. I'm running a business. I. <laughs> you I, we're not gonna have this I, conversation. I, 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 have right to, I have to deal with my mother and my two sisters arguing all the time. Look, it has nothing to do with that. I mean, it has something just... to do with again. You're avoiding intimacy. We're trying to reach to is the level of intimacy the two of you have. I don't like being on a podcast. With you. <laughs> I'm just saying, be present. Be present when we are together. That's it. Okay. That's it. That's not a lot that she's asking. Like, for. look, where's my phone? It's on the table. Full blown out of sight, out of reach, because I am being she's present. In, she's in the here and now. I was going to Instagram you guys. Okay, fine, but he should Instagram us. We I like those. So. <laughs> see, 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 I knew Dr. D would okay. like it. Okay. All right. Okay. I won't, so, I won't yes. Instagram anything. Fine. Dr. D's like, no, you should. Wait, so you. <laughs> so let's talk about the different types of intimacy. Okay. So there's the intellectual one. Yes. And there is the physical one, which we talked intellectual is being able to, you know, share intellectual information, books, you know, any information. What do you think of couples that get together and say the husband or, you know, let's talk Kuwait. All right. The husband is very well educated, usually a college degree, sometimes even a master or an engineering degree. And then the wife is high school. Because there is a lack of education for women, or there was. I mean, right. I, don't, I don't know how much it still stands true. But what kind of barriers do that set, and how can people overcome it? You know, the thing is, is that the, you know, so what I was saying is that there are different types of intimacy, and it doesn't mean that my partner is going to meet all of them. So, and there's no need for you to meet all of them, as long as you're intimately being satisfied somehow. So maybe she's not at his level of intellectual intimacy. Which means that he can get that intellectual intimacy with someone else, not romantically. So, you know, people need to start understanding that the person we marry is not going to be able to give me all these six types of intimacy. And I think Internet says eight or nine, but only six that I liked. The idea is is that intellectually, there are lots of people that are not married to people that are in the same educational level. So they're not really meeting their intellectual intimacy. But they might be meeting their physical intimacy. I'm, For example, the person that has a high school, she might be more huggy, kissy kind of a, a person or cuddles with him and gives him kisses, you know, on the cheek. Or she's just present with him physically and they're physically attracted to each other. So I don't really believe that you got to, and, and I'm sure it's impossible for me to or anyone to be able to get all six of them if they do. You know, so there's the experiential, we talked about activities, Mm -hmm. emotional, where you're there present, where you can express your emotions with this person and be okay to be vulnerable with them. Spiritual, now, you know, so that we can go back to that couple. Let's say the couple is not the same educational and she's not really huggy kissy like you and hey, heart. Uh, and you only hold hand when you have a big conversation. (laughs) (laughs) But you are you know, you have the same level of spiritual. So now we're not talking about spirituality that it has to be a religion, 
but it could be that you both have an understanding of some sort of a, a spiritual belief. Like you have the same, what I've noticed, there are people that I do like couple therapy where, for example, he'll be very spiritual. He's very religious and she's not. So, but also their values don't match, you know, their morals don't match, their ethics don't match. So that will create conflict because then this person, you know, let's say that there are their beliefs of nothing and this person is very extremely religious, it's going to be... And then the last one is sexual, which is the first one that people mention. Yeah. When So even in the therapy, like when I ask, well, how, how is your intimacy? As soon as I say that, automatically the per, the guy is talking about, oh, we have sex once a week. Yeah. Like whenever I'm taking... Uh, or it's automatically, or like, oh, you know, our sex life is a zero. Like they don't yeah. even mention the other type. So when people are married and they kind of look like they're not a match, somehow... I mean, obviously, if they're not a match at all in any of this and they're not meeting each other's intimacy, then, you know, there are going to be consequences, which is affairs and resentment and all that. Yeah. Would, because we always talk about affairs in terms of the physical. Right. But we've also heard of like emotional affairs. That's right. So within this like scale of intimacy, could an affair kind of be like, an intellectual affair That's or right. an experiential affair, sharing any of these facets <laughs> with another individual, is that... Is that an affair? Yes. Yes. Yeah, because a lot of time, like women are more known to have emotional affairs yes. while men have more physical affairs. Mm-hmm. And and this is why, you know, there's uh, they say that it's more um, dangerous when a woman has an affair because if she's having an affair emotionally that that means she's already checked out of her relationship yeah. or her marriage because she's already emotionally connected to this other person. I'm glad you brought that up because I read a statistic a couple of years ago and I remember I just remembered this that men are more likely to stick within the relationship after having an affair versus a woman who I think is 30% more likely to just get a divorce rather than stick with it because of that, because, because they go yes. emotional. No, but and I, but because I think she's emotionally also... connected. She's emotionally having an affair, so that means she's already checked out. You know, I say that it's more dangerous for women to have yeah. an affair, to be honest, because she's having one emotionally. And intellectually, you'll see it. Like, mm. for example, if they're in corporate, like, let's say a corporate world, right? And she's like uh, a CEO whatever, and then she's me. She has an intellectual conversation, or she has an intellectual connection with a a colleague. Mm. So she's already intellectually emotion emotional, you know. So she's intellectually intimate with that person, where mm. she really enjoys having a conversation with him. So is she having sex with him? No. Is she having an affair? I mean, it depends on. For me, I feel like you're having an intimacy now. Mm. Is it an affair or is it whatever you define? Yeah. So people do ask all the time, like you know, is do I need to have a physical affair to be having an affair? Yeah. And and I think that, you know, any type of this intimacy, it could be cheating. Yeah. Because you're already there. Or at least like a breach within the, the marriage in, in itself. Because if you're choosing to use any of these with somebody else, then... Yeah, but but to go back to what I said, is it possible that I'm going to find a partner mm. that is going to meet all of this? No. Yeah. You know... I might meet a partner that is I'm physically attracted to, 
but I'm not intellectually at the same level and yeah. they don't stimulate me. It depends on what type of intimacy exactly my matters problem. to me. <laughs> exactly my problem with Haya. <laughs> she's just intellectually, she's not there. <laughs> not not to say she, like she got the, she, she did get the 4.0 and I have a I had a 3.0, but just intellectually she doesn't meet my standards. I'm way too smart for her. Whatever. Um, I I know it's more smart That's like I'm kind of looking this way. Like, right, I'm scared. Says now. the person that will never get anything edited ever again. Yeah, my spelling's horrible. Uh, we all know that. Less. Everyone that listens to this show and has seen my Instagram knows my spelling is god awful. So, does a lack of intimacy lead to affairs, or does it lead to anything else? To go back, is it really an affair? Yeah. If I am in a marriage, yeah. where I am physically intimate and sexually satisfied, but intellectually I'm not. Yeah. And intellectually I enjoy talking to a colleague. Am I really having an affair? I feel like intent is important here. Okay. Because if it's a conversation like you would have with a friend that you just like, I have friends that I like talking to about certain things and this is our circle and like it's something that I wouldn't discuss with Mehdi because we have completely different viewpoints on it. Mm. It doesn't mean that I'm taking anything away from him, but I'm enjoying this conversation with no intent mm. to kind of hurt you or take something <laughs> but, away but from it. But wouldn't intent build up over time? Mm. I mean, that's how a relationship starts in the beginning. If, you like someone, hiding. you work with them or... You have uh, a relationship in a certain place with them or whatever. And then that relationship evolves and it develops and then it turns into, you know, maybe going out or whatever. So isn't that possible to happen in the workplace or wherever else? But that's what I'm saying. In I mean, you see it in gyms all the time. Like, you know, gyms, trainers and their clients are notorious are they supposed to date their clients? Like, no. I never date my patients. No, so. but so many of them do. Yeah. Is that That's so unethical. It is. But you know, it happens in my field too, and it bothers me and it pisses me off mm. to find out, like, you know, whenever I have a client and she'll, she'll say, you know, I was in treatment and they, you know, with another doctor, maybe they won't mention the name, sometimes they do. And they're like, and I'm like, oh, why did you stop? And they're like, because he started sending me messages and, you know, and especially oh, wow. like when a woman is vulnerable yeah. and she's going through a divorce and this doctor's like, you know, you're beautiful. Don't let him, you know, this is not That's type just of a scumbag treatment. right there. Yeah. That's right. just but an we, asshole. But we can talk yeah. about that when we're doing, when well, we're, we're doing about a whole <laughs> show. We're doing a whole show on that. Oh my God. But the thing is, is that, is he fulfilling one type of her intimacy is that obviously he's sending her messages and like if a trainer is going out with his client, so they're trying to be intimate in a different way. And I think most of the time people don't I think just it's wanna, an affair. I just want to preface and say that's not in Kuwait. That's globally. Yeah. That's a global <laughs> statistic. No, even Anyone yes. can look it up. Almost all trainers in the States, I knew so many of yes, them there mm. that would pick up, you know, girls from the gym. No, no, even for in my field, I'm not talking about Kuwait. I mean, uh, Kuwait, obviously, I've heard these stories, but it's not like I've never heard it. In the U.S., the same thing. Do you know how many doctors date their patients? Yeah. And it is what happened to this ethical, you know, rules. Again, we can go back to that point of like, you know, if I am not intellectually stimulated in mm. my relationship, but I'm sexually satisfied, we have great chemistry, but I don't feel, I truly do not feel like a partner is going to be able to satisfy me 100%. Yeah. 
and because, you know, they might not be capable of that. So if I find somebody in the office that I love talking to, I love sharing intellectual uh, stories with, they meet my interest. Am I really having an affair? I don't believe that. Mm -mm. So I, I could see what you're saying is the intent. Yeah. Because I feel like it puts a lot of responsibility for me to meet a partner and say, look, you got to meet my intimacy in intellectually, physically. To me, I lot. want them to be physical, mm. even though I'm not that much, but I hope they teach me. And that I want them to be able to be spiritual, intimate with me and sexual. Yeah. So it depends on what your priority mm-hmm. is in a relationship. And I think... It kind of boils down to morals and values as well, Mm. because if you take all of this aside, if you have similar core values, Mm. it doesn't have to be everything. Like we, we don't agree on everything, but just simple things like how you treat people, how you are around, just simple things that you agree on. Mm. That's important. Right. And I also think that you have to be honest with your partner. For example, if I was in a relationship and I feel like the person is, you know, I'm physically attracted to them, sexually satisfied, whatever. And But then I, I'm having an intellectual intimacy with another person in the yeah. office. Now, if I'm not telling my partner about it, then there is an intent that, you know, I'm doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. And, but if I'm like, you know, messaging someone, I really like the way they talk to me. We have intellectual, I'm an academic, so mm. it's not that easy to find a partner that's going to be academic with me. And and sometimes they don't need to be educated. They're well read. Yeah. But let's say they're not. And then I am having that conversation with someone else. If I'm keeping it from my partner, it probably means that this relation means more than that mm-hmm. to me. So I, uh, like you said, intent and not being and lying. Yes. You know, so here I am having this conversation. I'm meeting for coffee so we mm. can talk about these you know, I love the way this person talks to me. Yeah. I love the way we share stories and we like similar poetry. And But then if I'm not telling my partner, then something is wrong. I, I knew someone like that a couple of years ago. They had a friend at the office that they used to have dinner with, they used to have coffee with, they, and they never told their husband. Right, and, and then was, they'll say there was nothing. He's just my colleague. But yeah. if they haven't told their husband, I wonder why. And the other thing is, is you have to understand that one thing can lead to another. So if I'm intimately being satisfied intellectually, it means that it could lead to a physical attraction, Mm -hmm. right? Because I'm attracted. I want to be with this person. You know, so emotionally, I'm also being geared to liking this person a lot more. I'm sharing a lot of my feelings with this person, which will put me more vulnerable to ultimately have a sexual relationship. Mm -hmm. So these things are like, you know, I mean, but couples, I think what happens, like a lot of couples don't communicate. So they don't have these like one-on-one, please tell me what you think. Mm -hmm. And so because they don't communicate, then you've got these individual that is married to each other and they are intimately deprived and they don't want to talk about it. So because they don't want to talk about it, it's easier to just find someone to intellectually satisfy me or physically, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, communication is super important. It is, I think. And I think one of the barriers is communication. Mm -hmm. That's why people are not meeting this intimacy level. They'll wait, wait, wait until, you know, it's their... Until they're completely mm -hmm. both checked out of the relationship. And then you'll see, like, both of them are off having affairs Mm -hmm. and then just kind of coming back home and not even Mm -hmm. acknowledging the person in front of them. One thing is 
people are afraid sometimes to communicate and we do it at work. Mm -hmm. We're afraid to tell our bosses what's actually on our mind. We're afraid to do that because Mm -hmm. of the repercussions. When in reality, if we don't say anything and if we don't talk to our partner, our bosses or whoever it may be and tell them what's actually bothering us, it's just going to boil over. Mm -hmm. And when it boils over, there's no there's no going back. Mm-hmm. So. And I think people need to un- also understand that in order for you to reach a level of intimacy that you're satisfied with. So, I mean, you know, some people might not, they don't care about the intellectual part of it, but they do care. I mean, there are people that says, no, sex is a very important aspect of intimacy for me. And so if you marry someone that is not, and, you know, they have to understand that it takes time to get that person to be in the same level as you. And I think a lot of times people, they need to develop some sort of an awareness about that. They need to know that. You know, yeah, for example, like, let's say, you know, from the beginning of the relationship, we were, you know, we were intellectual and we reached that intellectual because we're both on the same level of Mm. intelligent and we have uh, certain things in common. Yeah. And we should start there instead of like trying to start to be intimate in the areas we don't know. Yeah. And I think that's the problem. The problem is, is that, you know, if you're if you're a, a, a huggy, kissy kind of a person and touchy, yeah. then that's where the relationship should start until you develop the other ones. Mm. But I think people like right away, they become sexual with each other, or at least sexual thoughts. Mm-hmm. And then they don't really work on the other part. I yeah. think the other part is also important. The more intimately are you with the partner, the more yeah. you can stay with each other strong. Yeah. So because sex is not going to be enough. Especially the older you get, the more your drive is decreased. So we have to find other ways that we are intimate with each other. Mm-hmm. So if the person you marry is not in your intellectual level and they don't like hugging and kissing and cuddling in front of the TV or the fireplace, whatever. Yeah. And they like sex. Their sex drive is low, right? And they don't really do anything with you. They don't have the same interest. Right. So that leaves you with what? The emotional and the spiritual. And obviously they're not going to be that emotional with you because they're not they're going to hide a lot of their feelings because they Mm. don't know. So that leaves you spiritual. Yeah. So is that enough to keep you together? No. So I'm not saying that, you know, you can only have one or two. Yeah. I want to make sure people understand you really you could you should have as many as you can. But having one is not going to be enough because there are some mandatory ones. Yeah. I think. So you'll see here, for example, you'll see them spiritually, they're on the same level. Mm. All right. They both pray. They both were, you know, have a strong faith, but then they don't have anything else in common. Yeah. You know, they don't like the same level of sex, no physical, no emotional. Mm. Then that's why the affairs, you know, that's, then the person says to me, well, you know, she's a really great woman, you know, and she's a great mom. Right. And she, and I know she has uh, morals and values and this and that. But she just, you know, she doesn't have sex. We don't have sex. We don't have this. And that's why he's having an affair to satisfy the other part. So now to satisfy my intellectual part is a little bit not dangerous, but to not be sexually satisfied with my partner. And then I have to go out, out of the relationship to get that level. Then that's, that's to me, that's more dangerous. Yeah. So tell your partner. So tell your partner that you need all this. Yeah. But then you can't be shy about it either. I think one of the things that, you know, that's is a, a barrier point. to that's reaching this. That's a really good point about being shy. Yeah. yeah, that's a really good point, especially in our culture. Yes. Yeah. I'm so glad you hit, you said that because it's so true, especially with females. And I'm not a female, I'm a male. <laughs> no, but remember <laughs> but, that documentary we were watching where 
They were talking about sex in different parts of the world. Mm. And then they were talking oh, about Christiana it. Oh, Christiana on Poor. Yeah. And it then was on Netflix. Were, really mm. good doc. You should okay. see that. You should see that documentary. And they were talking about it in the Middle East. And there was this one woman. <laughs> She's like, where do you guys find time to watch this stuff? He always says you should watch this. I'm like, what the hell? I don't have time, man. And I wake I'm up. I'm trying and... to save the world. Are you watching Netflix? Hey, I am too, all right? <laughs> but in this one segment, there was a woman who was terrified to get married. And every time they would set her up with somebody, she didn't want to uh. because she was terrified of losing her virginity uh. because of the way that the culture describes it. Uh-huh. And it goes to show that the conversation there is no conversation. So for a woman to go up to her husband and say, these are my needs, that is very difficult if you haven't been inundated with this already. And that's what makes relationships, even here I've noticed that relationships that are the strongest here are the ones that are very open with each other. Like, you know, it surprises me where people have been married for a long time. And then when you say to her that, you know, it's either that she has, they've never had a conversation about, are they sexually satisfied? Mm. They don't talk about the things that they like about things, you know, they, she finds it, you know, or they won't have conversations about sex or even have sex in the light, for example. Mm. So the idea is that the shyness or this, this idea that sex is tabooed. So if you don't really talk about, and even like intimate, like for example, forget about sex, you know, I've even had people say, well, no, I would love for him to just hug me. Yeah. You know, sex is not that important. And sex is not that important. And it's not all about sex. Mm. But if you can, and I've also seen couples where they don't really have a good sex drive or he has an issue or a medical problem, but they're very happy with each other because he satisfies her physically. Yeah. So, the, but then if you are like, if you like to hug and kiss and just watch TV or cuddle, yeah. like she wants this, but then she's too shy to ask him for it. Mm. So therefore she goes, her needs go on, you know, unsatisfied. Yeah. He doesn't know that's what she wants, you know, and he thinks it's all about sex and this mm-hmm. lack of communication because she's shy, he's shy. Yeah. And so they're not open with each other. It's so interesting how you see people... Like at the beginning of the marriage, I could see, especially in our part of the world, there's a lot of them are, you know, this is the first experience for them. But then to be married 10 years and not be able to go even go to the bathroom, you know, with the person in the room. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's to me, I feel like, wow. So that means that there's not they haven't done a lot of see the more you're experiential with each other. You do activities. You have these conversations like you guys were having about, you know, tell me what what's going on, yeah. what's wrong. Like being able to be aware. See, people are not aware. So they'll wait a yeah. long time. And before you know it, this person's already texting, what's upping another person. They're Instagramming another person. Yeah. And it's, it's I didn't even know Instagramming another person existed. I yeah, had I someone slide into out, my DMs. I found out Tinder is like really popular now. Yeah. It is? It's yeah. Can while. I meet someone through Tinder? You can definitely meet someone through Tinder. <laughs> no, wait. No, seriously, Kuwaitis use Snapchat. Yeah, I know. I've no, but Tinder, I've also stores. seen Kuwaitis use Tinder. Really? Yeah. But uh, somebody told me that it's, you know, the quality is not that much. Also, <laughs> it's just I, for hookups. Yeah, I believe it. Snapchat and Tinder, they're both for hookups. They're not for actual, like, relationships. Relationship. Uh-huh. I've met, no, I've met people that have gotten into relationships. 
relationships. Bill like, quit? I, yes, yes. On Instagram? Yes. Oh, are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. We know you know exactly. Who on I'm Instagram, about. you mean? No, on, on uh, Tinder. Oh, okay. And it was a Kuwaiti now, female US? and a, a British dude. Oh, but in the U.S., they I I know yeah. a couple of people have met up for yeah. a permanent thing, but but I'm talking about but here. I don't know. No, it's actually I'm totally against signing up for any of these. I figured mm. you know whoever it is is going to meet me is going to meet me or forget it. But what if? All right, what if? And let's let's be. I'm hoping my friends will hook me up. <laughs> <laughs> what, what what if? All right, there was an algorithm that someone worked out. Here I go with AI again. That someone worked out so that they could actually pinpoint the perfect match for you within a 95% What's approval rate. What's the fun rating. of that? Well, yeah. You want to meet someone. You want to have that. Ooh, does he like me? I don't know. No. Let me, yeah. like the Why do I need a 95%? No. I don't need a guarantee. There is absolutely no fun <laughs> in having that happen. I don't want guarantee. No. It's nice to just meet and see if like, you know, does he like me, not like me. I'm like, hey, yeah. Yeah. Why do you need things guaranteed? Tell us more about that, <laughs> Because you want to go through the experience. No, no Eddie doesn't want any experience. Want to go through that it's just, just like how when we work out, by the way. Like, I enjoy the process, uh-huh. and he just wants the PRs. The resolution. Just saying. I just want the what? I just want the what? You just want the PRs. The PRs? Yeah. I want to, and break, I, my, I want to break my totals every single time. Because if you're not, why are always- you so competitive, Mahdi? It's over. It's finished. Chalas. You don't need to be competitive. This is something you have to deal with yourself. What? Not being competitive? Yeah, you're competing against yourself. Do you yeah. know competition is all about us? Yeah, there's nothing other wrong with competing against yourself. Yeah, it is. If you're, that's the only thing that you're, you're, that's important to you, that's your priority. No, it's not. It's you're not enjoying not the process. Uh-huh. I do enjoy the process. The process no, you is the don't. the best part. It Dude, is. I was dancing in the middle of the line because you broke another record no i was no we were getting ready to go out on the floor you know because they have heat yeah because you're thinking i'm gonna compete i'm gonna do very well no i was having fun i was having a blast he he has been he's changed his mindset the last thank god my therapy is working (laughs) (laughs) but he went into that competition with such a different mindset and he saw how it worked for him yeah i was loose and you know you do better when you're loose and you've carried that over yeah i'm having i'm I'm having a lot of fun i mean i literally had one of the judges say are you gonna get back up there the clock's running and i was like no it's cool i don't like doing that crap anyways i was having a blast yeah i was enjoying it well that's everybody's noticed the change by the way oh really everyone's like oh my god maddie's so happy right now He's he's having a good time. He's a blast to be around. Because I set the standards high for myself. Yeah. yeah. I, I know how much work I've put in. And when you put a lot of work into something and you're afraid of not living up to the hype that you, you created in your own mind, it's earth shattering sometimes. Mm-hmm. Especially when you're waking up at four o'clock in the morning to ride the devil's creation, the assault bike, and there's no results afterwards. But... Once you let go of that or once I let go of that and I was like, look, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. I had fun. I enjoyed it and I'm still enjoying it. Well, that's yeah. good. So he's not as competitive. As no, I'm, I'm hungry for more. Yeah. Uh-huh. But, but I'm hungry for more. I want to be different. But you're, you're different. You're, you're thinking yeah. about it differently. I'm a little more cocky right now. Okay. Like I'm more confident in my abilities versus five weeks ago. Whatever it is, keep it up. All right, we all cool. like it. All right. I'm glad you You're like it. You're a pleasure to be here. So I got questions for you, Dr. D. Do you want them now or at the end? Yalla now. I got some random questions. Random questions from who? 
Oh, oh, oh my God. Hey is reading this. This is a lot of reading right here. Why? What's happening? What's happening? Whoa, okay. All right. Do you want me to read it? I told a bunch of listeners that we were recording tonight. Okay. And, you know, and they're shooting. Do you want me to start with the first? There's, There's a decent amount. There's a decent amount of questions? Yes. Do you want uh, the first one? Yeah. Let's kind of limit it to like two minutes of questions. Yeah. Um, when you think you're doing something right by someone, but it's just not good enough. What's that mean? Like, I think I get what they're saying. Like, if you always think you're doing something right, but it's not good enough for the person oh, you're so with. Oh, so you're not meeting the other person's standards. You're not meeting their standard. expectations, yeah. Right, so the... So you always feel disappointed and rejected because you're never good enough, which is going to hurt your self-esteem, which hurts your intimacy. All right, good. You answered the second part because it's how do I make, how do you make your low self-esteem after so many years high again? Well, the thing is, is that you need to understand why your self-esteem is low. So the idea is, is that most of the time people are depending on their partner. I mean, we're talking about partners making our self-esteem low. Mm. And so I think the idea is, is that we need to stop trying to put the responsibility on our partner to make us feel better. And so if you stop making, if you can take some responsibility that it's my self-esteem, I need to do something about it, then we be more in control and we can change it. And, you know, and I also have to evaluate why my self-esteem, like before for me, for example, like I was overweight and I was in a relationship that I felt like I was never good enough. And maybe it's because now I realize it was really his issues, not mine, but because he was projecting all that, you know, on me, I felt like I wasn't good enough. Then I thought I lost weight and I think I lost weight for him at first. And I wanted to do all these things. And then I realized this is, this doesn't work because I was trying to do this and do this and do that. And it's still like, well, you didn't do this. Oh, well, you, you know, and maybe he didn't realize that he was doing that to me, but I never have felt like I was good enough. And then one day I realized, look, that's not going to work. When I started to shift and started to do that, I continued weight, losing weight because I enjoyed it and I continued to work out. But then my thoughts shifted. Now I was starting to do all of that, not because I was doing it so I can get some intimacy because he wasn't physical and he wasn't sexual and it wasn't nothing. He was just ignoring me. So I felt like now it didn't matter. It wasn't about what I was going to get out of him. It was more about me. And, you know, actually they say that, you know, the more you're intimately deprived, the more you take care of yourself because you're trying to get other people's attention. Yeah. So you'll spend a lot more time doing your physical and working on yourself. Okay. Mm. Um, you ready for the next one? Yeah. Because you already answered the second question, oh, which good. was about self-esteem. Why is it so hard to make friends when the person is such an outgoing people person? I think they're asking why is it so hard to make friends maybe in an intimate way or... Oh, so this person is very social, yeah, but they are not able to find a partner. Or finding it hard to develop relationships. It could be partner they, or friendship. Either and or. it could, well, it could, I mean, there's a difference between I'm social mm. and being intimate with someone like not partner, also as friends, right? It says friends. It says hard to, to make, make friends. friends. Yeah. So, I mean, there's two different things, don't you think? Yeah. Like I, I'm, I'm very social. Like I know a lot of people that are social. But they're afraid of intimacy and friendship. They don't like getting close to anyone. They're worried about being hurt and rejected. Remember, I mean, intimacy, you said it earlier. It's like intimacy is not just with a partner. It could be with my friends and my family and my parents or whatever. And, you know, the thing is there are people that are have fear of intimacy in any of those because they don't like to be rejected. Ooh, that's a good point. Because some people might just think of 
Oh my god! I just had like an epiphany moment. I should wow. I should be a psychologist. I think you should. I honestly you should pay should. me for giving you the. I, I think you should pay me for deciphering all this. But for some people that do value intimacy as only seeing it as loving relationships, yeah. they don't understand yeah. the value of intimacy within a friendship or intimacy within another facet of life. That's right. Oh yeah. my god! I'm a genius. Right. But that's what they say that. When you're looking at your mental health, your social circle is so important to that. And it doesn't necessarily, it's not your parents or whatever, your friend circle is super important. And a lot of people, especially in the world of Instagram and social media, they're disconnected from their friend group. And that's really bad for it's their mental true. health. And I, <laughs> I think it's true. You know, yeah. I think a lot of times people do think that, you know, whenever I say intimacy mm. or I say they automatically like, no, I don't have a partner. Like, it's like you're yeah. intimate with your girlfriend and mm-hmm. your, you know, your male friend. And yeah. your, you know, the idea is that people need to realize that. And, you know, just because I'm not in a relationship, but I'm mm-hmm. intimately very happy. I have great friends and I socialize a lot. And yeah. I, but for those individuals, there are also individuals that are very social, but they don't have anyone close. Mm. Yeah. Fear of intimacy. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And okay. making friends and rejection, fear of rejection too. Yep. Now, here's the big question. This is a heavy one. How do you love yourself again after hating yourself so much? And I'm guessing finding intimacy within yourself. Oh, to be satisfied with yourself. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a big one. How do you love yourself after hating yourself for so long? Yeah. That's a process. You have to look inside yourself, though, don't you? I wonder you? why they hated themselves. It's very important that we know why we hated well, ourselves. Well, I, I don't... Th- Again, they all it. want to be anonymous, so... Yeah, of course. No, we don't want them to know. But um, what I'm saying is that uh, for that individual, I think what they need... To to understand is why I hated myself. And it might be because of childhood or abuse or, you know. And then the idea is, is that loving yourself, that is a transition. That's great. So they've already done half of the work. If I hated myself and now I'm starting to love myself. Self-actualization. That mean, or that they've recognized that mm. whatever it is that they were hating themselves, it wasn't their fault. And see, that's another thing people need to understand. That a lot of times when we have negative feelings about ourselves... They need to understand that that is something that was there and that it wasn't, you know, it wasn't their fault that they felt this way about themselves. And then now they have the power to make change. You know, it's not easy. Most of the time people ask you, they say, how do I love myself? How do I like, it's a process. You know, the more you're aware and have insight, the better you are becoming at understanding yourself. I can give you tools. I can say, do things that make you feel successful accomplishment is great, goals are great. Anything that you can set to see yourself as someone that is producing, it will make you feel better about yourself. Mm. Okay. This one's more of a general question, I think. Uh It's a little bit on the general side. You want to take this one? Yeah. All right. Hey, you can read this. It's a long one. Don't read any names, please. Just this one right here? Yeah, I think it's all one long question. Okay, one of the issues I have is that I always try to fix things around me. I'm highly observant of other people's pain, and I always want to help others to solve their problems, and it's often on my expense. I do feel good afterwards, but I end up spending a lot of time and effort on others, which is also why I always tell myself that sometimes I don't have time for myself. I'm not sure if it's simply avoiding my own problems or that I feel it's selfish to put my interests ahead of others, especially when I know that they won't be able to solve their issues as quickly or with less damage without my help. Even with the weight thing 
Sometimes I don't go to the gym or ignore a diet because a friend is going through something. Sometimes it feels because I'm avoiding the real problem that I actually have to face. And sometimes I feel that it's not avoiding, but it's simply that it would be selfish not to focus on others. How can I differentiate those two? It's simple. The simple thing is people need to understand that it's okay to be selfish. And what this person is saying is that, you know, I don't know when I'm going to be selfish on when I have to take care of other people. And I think we need to really understand that if you are going to rescue people all the time, that we're not giving them the ability and the responsibility to get themselves out of whatever it is. There's a difference between my friend calling me and saying, Juliet, I have a car problem. And I was just on the way to the gym. My friend calls and says, "Uh, my car is not working. My kid is crying in the car. Then, of course, I'm going to skip gym to go there Mm -hmm. because that's an immediate emergency. But, you know, I'm not going to skip gym because I need to go and be with a a friend that has had an issue for a while, you know, and they need to just talk because I can arrange that around my time. I really feel like sometimes people have really misunderstood. We either get these people that are very selfish and very self-centered and have no, you know, no thought or feeling toward other people. Or you get these other people like this one who doesn't want to be selfish and is very, very giving, but then she's burned out at her own expense. But do you think it is displacement or avoidance? I used to do that where I would just go help all of my friends and immerse myself in fixing their problems. That's right. So I don't, I can avoid myself. Yeah. Yeah. true. Very true. And it's a great point. And I think that's what we do. I mean, you know, that's what happens with people that work a lot and exercise a lot. It's like every time we engage in a lot of extreme things, Mm -hmm. if caretaking a lot, it's because you're probably avoiding something within yourself. And I, you know, I would give, I, I would say to this person, you know, what are you running away from? What are you escaping? What's so bad about being with yourself? And what's so bad about being selfish? You know, there are health, there's healthy selfishness. Why can't people engage in that? And you know why? It's because they are trying to avoid yeah. you, right? And one of my friends posted mm. something earlier. She was like, we're glorifying the word busy mm. because everyone's doing this, 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 and that. But you never take any time to just sit down mm. in quiet and reflect. Because people don't know how to be with themselves. Yes. They're too, you know, because then being by myself mm-hmm. and within myself, I have to really reflect. And I might not like a lot of things I'm going to know about myself. So why I want to know that? I might as well just solve everybody else's problem. Mm. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. So this is, you know. Any other questions? No. No. Sorry, I was thinking about I was thinking about my my time with myself and my self-reflection. You do a lot. We've already, you have a lot of Instagram time and social media time and you were down 45%, like, out of 100? I was just thinking about that. 100%? I was down 45%. But what was that 100%? I mean, because you're traveling most of the time. How many hours was that a day? All right, it was like, no, it's been no, steadily ne- coming down. Like, every week I've been trying to reduce it by three hours. Are you trying to say that you are not spending time with yourself? You're trying to avoid by being on Instagram or on social media. No. And you're trying really. to avoid your intimacy with your with Heya by being on Social media. She avoids intimacy with me. Because you're never, like, present. So how is she going to be intimate with herself? Look, we said intellectual, <laughs> physical, experiential. You only met experiential. Intellectual, you said no. 
physical. Yeah, she doesn't meet my standards. But, uh, physical. <laughs> she is starting to hug you and and hold your hand. There's a problem with that. With okay. <laughs> There's a problem because you communicated that you needed something, and now yeah, and I he am. Yeah, hugs, con- dude. But now <laughs> I'm consciously no, trying to meet and your needs that. because you explained it to me. I appreciate that. I so think he, that's he, did he, he told you that he needs more hugs and kisses. He says he, he yeah. And so by you kind of making fun of the fact that I only hold it once right. or twice. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was making only, fun. I was joking around. But yeah, that's not it's, nice. And then now this is the reason why. She She's not physically intimate with you. Thanks, Dr. D. No, but it's not going to like, how is this, how is this inciting me to do it more? If now you're like, oh, it's just not enough. You need a pat on the back. See, what you're doing is that you're saying that instead of looking at the glass half full, you're saying it's a glass half empty. So you're not motivating her. And it's the same issues that I said earlier, like, and the same question, like, you know, you do so many things and this person is still not happy. They're going to stop. You know what's going to happen is that they I turn feel into my rejected. <laughs> you turn out, exactly. You'll, she's going to feel rejected, hurt, frustrated, angry, and she's not going to deal with it, you know, healthy. Do you, do you feel all that? Her confidence is down. There's no... See how my tone changed? Avoid risk. You know, she's going to start avoiding responsibility. She's going to look into affairs oh boy. outside. Oh, boy. She's going to feel lonely. Where's your phone at? Let me check your phone. <laughs> Do you have your Tinder account Listen, set up? Listen, if I had an affair, I'd actually have my phone on me. I, like, never have it on me. <laughs> I know. It's so true. I, like, we were, I told you today. And it's always somewhere. And like, the number one thing I always say at home is, where is my phone? <laughs> Yeah, like see? I never know where. So you don't it have is. to worry about. It. But no, you do have to worry because she might have another phone. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I didn't think of that one. This is just a cover, Doctor okay? D. I, I didn't think of that one. Don't I did blow my not, cover. I did not think of that one. Don't blow I mean, like some people, like can you imagine? Some people like go to the bathroom, they take their phone, like, That's and you know, I had this couple, and she's like. She's like, I don't know if he's he's cheating, but why do you have to have your phone all the time on you? And he's got like 10 passwords on it. And oh, wow. he goes to the bathroom, takes it. And then he says, I'm not cheating. I'm not cheating. Well, wow. I mean, when you do these kind of suspicious yeah. things, of course, this person's going to think that, you know, and you're avoiding, you haven't been around, you know, you have no responsibility. You know, whenever you have these like kind of signs, in order for the your partner to feel safe with you is that when you share with the person, say, look, I need you to be more intimate. I need more sex. I need you to have more physical activity with me. You need to, we need to have fun together. And, you know, and then they're like, I don't have time for you. Um, They they have time for somebody else. But if they're trying to put the effort in, you show that you appreciate it, even if it's not at the level that you want it to, because effort is being made. That's right. So you need to appreciate or she's not going to do nothing. I'm so getting yelled at after this episode. That's right. <laughs> We're communicating. She doesn't yell. She communicates. She's bringing you into awareness. I'm the one married she... to the power lifter. Okay. <laughs> she yells. You didn't see her. She grunts too. Okay. When I lift. She does like scary grunts. When I lift. Yes. No, when she's You like... love it. I do. No, I get, people I get are referring up. to it as the growl. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. She's, yeah. Yes. So now you're going to have to work on your intimacy. Yeah, yeah well, I'll get around to Talk it. Talk a little more. Maybe. Become acknowledgeable. Stop looking at your phone. Put it away when you walk into the house. Uh-huh. And make Haya feel that she is number one priority, even before DJ. Mm, okay. 
<laughs> I had to think you about that her, one first. You thing. knew her first. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I don't understand. Is that, you know, whenever you say that, they're like, no, my kids have to come number one. How, my kids don't come number one. They, My partner has to be number one and then my kids. Because, you know, the idea is that I need to feel that I'm a priority in this mm-hmm. person's life. And when I feel like I'm not a priority and, you know, a piece of furniture and me are all the same, then something is wrong, you yeah. know? When the person comes, and this is what happens with people that have kids, to be honest, especially in this part of the That's world. That's true. As soon as she has kids, her all priority is the kids, 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 yeah. kids, and then he feels left out. So yeah. I think we so need this to... Is the other way around. But in general, just so people don't get the wrong idea, me and Hay actually have a... I think we have a very healthy relationship. I think we're very healthy. We communicate. Yeah. Even when things get really, really, really bad, we, still, we will we still, sit there, yeah. whether we're fighting it out or talking it out, it eventually gets... It gets, yeah, it communicated. gets resolved. Yeah. And I think that's a lot healthier than mm. not talking and living a facade with both partners just and if you lie, you always get caught. Yeah. In my opinion, like you're better off telling the truth than lying about something. Yeah, our honesty is really good as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Honesty and communication. Mm-hmm. You can't go wrong if you have these two things in your relationship. No. That is true. And I think that is a wrap. That yeah. is a wrap. <laughs> so leave us a rating and review and you might win a t-shirt made of unicorn gold with sparkling <laughs> silver Mended on Mount Everest itself by 50 monks. Okay, I'm really hungry. And a partridge in a pear tree. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. You can also find us on Instagram at The Project Kuwait. Thank you, and join us next time.